Yo, welcome back to the Take Two podcast. My name's Kaylee, and I have the pleasure of being the host here. Um, and today, I'm going to let our friends introduce themselves. Uh, my name's Aaron. I am a sophomore here at Trine, studying mechanical engineering. I'm um, just doing homework and loving Jesus. My name is Abby, and I am studying education, elementary, and special ed. And I'm just excited to be here. Well, I'm excited you guys are here. Thanks. Um, So this week, we're going to be talking about living an uncomplicated life. Um, And really, looking at Mark 10, um, when we see Jesus interacting with children, um, and and the attention he gives to children, and and really the image that children give us. Um, Kids are never in a hurry. Um, They're always just ready to do something awesome, and they're very present in the moment. And as adults and young adults, we really... um, We've really overcomplicated our lives and stepped away from that childlikeness in our faith um, and just in our daily, like how we go about even studying or going to class and, and the stress and complicatedness that we add to that. Um, and so to start, let's just dive into this idea of hurry and busyness, um, kind of the culture that we live in. Um, what do you guys see it, um, in our culture? Oh, goodness. We've all got so much to do, so many places to be. Um, just how fast everything moves, I I don't even know where to start. I mean, yes, <laughs> yes, we live in a world that where that goes on. Um, I mean, the hardest part is just finding how to slow down and what that looks like and what to do when that time comes and how to protect that time is, I think, um, just the, the biggest battle in that and just finding times when you can yourself be filled, not just as you pour into your classes and pour into other people. Like, what are you doing for yourself to be filled? I feel like one of the hardest things with, like, busyness is the fact that one of the hardest things, not the hardest thing, but one of the hardest things is the fact that, like, we're raised to be busy. Like, mm. think about how many parents are shuttling, not that this is a diss on anyone, but, like, how many parents, like, growing up, you shuttled from one thing to another. Like, that's how I grew up. Like, and not that it was bad. Like, everything that I was doing was fruitful. But, like, you go- went from one thing to the next, from school to practice to home to dinner to homework to bed, and you repeat mm-hmm. it every day. And, like, that's how you live your life. So now that, like, you're in college and you become more in control of your life, it's so hard to step out of that rhythm and, like, get out of the busyness when you're it's like ingrained and then it's almost like looked upon as like a negative thing from other people when they see it was not busy mm-hmm. because it's like oh well they're just lazy and they don't want to do anything with their time or their life and mm-hmm. like you feel like you have to be busy to be productive and that's those are two very different words mm-hmm. yeah I remember my dad has always shared this with me um but like the first day he took me to preschool he like pulled in like the parking lot and was just like in all of the fact that I was going to spend the rest of my life going to school, preparing mm. to, like, just be a busy American that had a job and, like, had to run around and, and like, make my life something. Dang. And he's, like, I knew from that day when, like, that's all that your life was going to, like, be working towards, basically. Because that's just, like, what we were program like, we're programmed in our culture to do. Mm-hmm. It's just, like fill our lives with stuff mm-hmm. and I, that's just like something that stood out to me as you were talking yeah. like we're just always focused on it yeah it's crazy to me too like those of you that don't know me I like babysit all the time like it's my primary source of income and so <laughs> like for me babysitting like I get to see a lot of different family cultures and like it's all different and not that one is better than the other but like with it like some parents like sometimes when I babysit I'm literally just driving kids from one thing to another thing but this summer I had the opportunity of babysitting um like two kids and I loved like the reference of children that you made in the beginning because it like reminded me of them so much like this was the first summer like her mom had noticed that they'd been go 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 so she canceled all their summer plans and then hired me and was like do whatever you want with them she was like take them to the zoo take them to the park take them to like the water park take them so it's science central, like do whatever you want. And so like, it was the best thing ever. And like, we didn't do something fun every day. Like a lot of days we just like hung out at their house, but like, it was so cool to see like the aspect of like, just slowing down with them. And then mm-hmm. you still, like, I still had this desire to like, go, go, go. Like I'd make an appointment at science central for whatever time you had to go sign in. And like, we'd be running late and I would be like, come on, we gotta go. Like, like no matter how fast adults can hurry children, they won't hurry. 
Like, mm-hmm. and that's what I love about that reference you made in the beginning. Like, no matter what I said to them, like, we have to go, we have to get our shoes on. They're still going to take just as much time as they usually take. <laughs> and it's so frustrating as adults, but, like, it's how we should live our life. Like, we shouldn't rush around because it ruins the moments that we're in. Mm-hmm. So just, like, that's what mm-hmm. made me think of when you were talking in the beginning. I was like, man, no matter how much you rush kids, like, they can't be rushed. Yeah. I mean, like, why should why should I be the one to push somebody out of that joy, f- that joy yeah. in the peaceful moments? Like, mm-hmm. And why would I do that to myself in those right. moments? Because that's kind of what we're doing when we're just running around, emptying ourselves. We're just emptying ourselves of that joy and the peace. Mm-hmm. There's like, there's a reason peace is a fruit of the spirit, and it's just so necessary as a part of our lives. Yeah. Yeah, I, man, I can like, I can't even begin to fathom like how often we miss miss out on like good fruitful things because we're so busy mm. like I mean I think of like conversations that we just get to have with people and we're like oh sorry I gotta run off to something else now mm. and it's like man we just like cut that person off and like mm-hmm. there was there's probably so much more there yeah um, but we were so focused on whatever was next we just left them yeah a- and I'm really guilty of that I do that to people all the time even when I don't have something else I have to get to and I just like see something that's more fun <laughs> and I like run away from people yeah. and I feel like that has to do also with, like, a white space in your calendar. Like, we talked Mm -hmm. about this, like, last year maybe. Like, how leaving white space in your calendar is so important because, like, it leaves room for God to work. And, like, if you just have one thing after another, like, stacked up in your calendar, there's no room for God to, like, change or mess with your schedule or be like, you know what, no, I'm calling you over here at this moment or this person needs you. Like, if you're booked, you don't have room to, like, be God's hands and feet. Even if you have time in your calendar to go to worship or to do this or to do that. Like that still is like you taking control and not giving God control mm-hmm. of your schedule. Yeah. I've talked to a couple of people and a couple of people have looked at my scheduling strategy, I guess I kind of use different colors and stuff in my book. <laughs> um, but it's what we kind of talked about, just like protecting that time and protecting the white space in my calendar. So like for me, practically what that looks like is going through at the beginning of each week and just finding the times in my calendar and writing them down where I'm going to be filled, like, for myself, mm-hmm. like, and making sure, because once you write it in, you know, I, I'm writing in pen and highlight, and nothing's taking it off, <laughs> and it's it's protecting, protecting that time between you and the Lord, um, and protecting that time just for intimacy with Him, because um, when you get, when you get that, it's, that's where, that's where the fruit is, all the mm-hmm. fruits of the Spirit, not just peace. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Aaron, I feel like intimacy with the Lord has been something that's been on your heart a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. Um, (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. So why don't you just, like, speak into that a little bit? Like, how do you you see that in the midst of – how do you – I guess not even in the midst. How do you see that in, like, a collision with busyness? What is that? Man, it's just – I think it starts with the realization of – who and what you have living inside of you because mm-hmm. as believers we carry around this the holy spirit mm-hmm. and i say the holy spirit but it's not just the words the holy spirit it's an active living being inside of us that you know guides everything inside of us and when we come to the realization of just what what that is and what that looks like we start to realize how readily accessible that is um and i think when we tap into that and actually seek him, you know, because when we seek him, we find him. And when you lean in and really push deep into that verse, that's when you start to really feel that connection with the Lord in your, like, quiet time and in that quiet space with him, you know, because intimacy, everybody refers to it as a dating relationship, mm-hmm. you know. If you aren't eliminating distractions, if you aren't being intentional with your time, you're not going to have that intimacy. Um, and I think, you know, every I, – I can't think of a time when I haven't – saw it fruitfully with my entire heart as I've eliminated distraction. I can't think of a time that it hasn't led to peace mm-hmm. and quiet and just that filling time for, for my soul just that I need. Yeah. Yeah. It's really the complete opposite of what our culture mm-hmm. like gives us or tells yeah. us to strive for. Yeah. I was talking to, I've talked to a couple people, but kind of, something I've heard and something I've restated is God can do so much more in like five to 10 minutes of intimate seeking 
than tons of hours spent trying to multitask. Mm -hmm. Multitasking is the killer of our intimacy. You know, when you have your phone sitting right next to you face up and it's screaming for your attention next to the word in front of you, it's so hard to just focus and dive into the word of God. Mm -hmm. Um, But you can just do so much in even five to ten minutes just of clearing your mind, clearing your thoughts. And something he's been teaching me recently is it's okay to ask for help when you do that. Mm -hmm. Like you can say, Lord, like, I can't clear my mind right now. Would you just help me? And it's okay to ask for help in those situations. Yeah. I think that's a really good point. Like, in our time that we spend with God, like, I remember um, last year I read the book of Praying Life. And pretty early, like, on in the book, um, the author, I think his name's Paul Miller, um, is just like, have you ever, like, prayed about your praying life? <laughs> mm. Like, have you ever just asked God to, like, help you pray more or yeah. pray better or yeah. figure out what your, like, connection with the Lord is through prayer? And I was like, wow, <coughs> how simple would it be to just pray about my praying life? Right. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. that's obviously just going to improve yeah. it in multiple facets. But even in other ways than just our prayer life, like, our life of busyness and our life of seeking solitude our life of slowing down, like, mm-hmm. and we, if we pray about those things, I know God's going to follow through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I feel like it's like that with all of the fruits of the Spirit. Like, he didn't make them so they're easily accessible, and I feel like almost every single fruit of the Spirit, the culture has taken and twisted into something that it's not supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Like, what I thought of every time when you were talking about intimacy is, like, Morgan and I were talking about this this morning, Was it, but it was, we were talking about, like, joy and, like, how it's so easy, like, culturally to have joy in, like, different situations. So, like, oh, my gosh, like, I get to hang out with this person and I know I'm going to, like, have mm-hmm. fun. Or, like, I have to go to class. Like, that's not as fun. I'm not going to have joy there. But, like, joy in the Lord, you're supposed to have joy all the time in everything mm-hmm. you're doing. It's more of a spiritual aspect and less of just, like, a oh, this makes me happy. Like, joy and happier and different things. Yeah. And that, like, reminds me so much of, like, what you were saying about, like, being present and like that intimacy realm. I feel like society's just switched so much to like if you can't multitask then like you're going to be less in life and yeah. you're not going to be able to get mm-hmm. as much done and like yeah. yeah, and I think that like just the enemy working through our mm-hmm. society. I mean, if we go back to the garden and Adam and Eve, all he did was twist God's words and made them in a believable way where it was like, yeah. Like God told me to like <laughs> do this and but he's like, did God really say that? And so, like, same thing with our, like, our busy lives or the example of joy that you just shared is, like, like we're, we're supposed to have this overwhelming joy all the time. And it's like, oh, if I hang out with this person, I'll get joy. Mm. And, like, the enemy's just twisting God's words and making us think that we can strive for it in other ways. Mm. But like, Paul wrote about joy when he was, like, in prison. Like, mm-hmm. I doubt he was very happy then. Yeah. But yeah, he had the joy of the Lord because that's how like strong his relationship with God was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's that kind of that realization he came to. He just knows, he knows who he is and whose he is and mm-hmm. who he was made to be. And he has that, he came to that realization just that he can, he can carry that with him everywhere, no matter what it looks like. Right. I mean, that's what, I feel like that's what we need to strive for. I mean, yeah. I, I don't do that. I mean, I, sh- I should, I, it's what I'm working towards, but I don't do that all the time. Yeah, I wish but I could just have the attitude of like, oh my gosh, I failed this test, but gosh dang it, I'll get it next time. God still loves me, so you know what? <laughs> life is still good, and like I'm still yeah. his, and I'm going to heaven, and like yeah. let's keep living life. But instead we let like so many little things just like drag us down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what does it what does it look like to unhurry our lives then? To slow down? Like how do we do that? I mean, we've talked about intimacy with the Lord, but how do we get to intimacy with mm-hmm. the Lord? I think it's a decision that you need to make, and it's like a commitment that you need to make. Because we can talk about it, and we can say all the right things that, like, you can do, and you should do, and, like, you can do it for a week. But, like, if you're not constantly in prayer and constantly, like, dedicated to wanting to live your life like that, it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think how to practically do that, it, it, it is our faith is our own. Our faith is our decision. That's why so many people either grow so much spiritually at college or whether they fall fall off I mean my story my freshman year I totally fell off even though I was going to church every Sunday I just fell off and I didn't I wasn't experiencing the joy or fruitfulness of life anymore like Mm -hmm. it it was just gray like 
but once you start making that choice to seek him out for yourself because your faith is your own like like Abby said it's just a choice you have to you have to it, and it does take a little bit of help it it takes an encounter it takes you know seeking out help in other relationships mm-hmm. you know he co- he prunes us he works on our mm-hmm. hearts um but it does take that action you know faith without action is dead mm-hmm. um but yeah, we really have to lean into that and make that choice daily. I mean, <laughs> there's yeah. there's days I don't take enough action where I I just feel fruitless. But, mm-hmm. you know, there's no there's no need to bash yourself for it because why should you bash yourself when he doesn't bash you? He just says, "It's okay. Get up and do it the next day." Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do some of those like daily choices look like? Like, I, I agree with what you're saying, Abby, and it's like we have to make, like, a commitment and a big decision, but we we can't just make a one-time decision and expect the rest of our life to, right, <laughs> like, right. flow through that. Like, mm-hmm. it is it is daily. It's it's hourly <laughs> in a lot right. of regard. And, like, what are those decisions like? I feel like first you need to have grace because you're going to screw it up, like, after you make that decision. Like, it's because if you're just like, oh, I'm going to do this, for like I'm just gonna do this for the rest of my life. I'm gonna have this joy, I'm gonna have this like passion for God, I'm gonna like live in this way. And like you're gonna screw up and you do. You can't let that be like mm-hmm. the ending. But I would also say like for me personally, like I have this prayer journal that Jess gave me actually and I've talked to both of you about this, but like every morning like I got so excited to just like write in this journal and like write out these letters to God and like it just like it's changed my entire personal time with God. Like I am, like, excited. This is going to make a lot of people probably vomit. But, like, I am excited <laughs> when my alarm clock goes off in the morning. Because it's, I'm, like, nobody's in the house is up yet. And I get to go, like, downstairs with, like, nobody around and just, like, pray with God and, like, write to God and just, like, spend time with him. And, like, through this journal, I'm not saying, like, everyone needs to go buy this journal. But, like, through this, like, time, this thing that I found that, like, helps me connect the most with God, I've been able to stay committed because it's something that I enjoy doing. I feel like so many times we get on this like rut of like, oh, I gotta go read this chapter of the Bible and then I gotta read the next one and every single day. And not that that's bad, but I feel like so many times we lose like that personal connection with God. Like, how are you personally gonna connect? And then you have to make it so that you're gonna enjoy that time. I don't know if that answered your question, but Mm -hmm. I don't. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Can you restate it one more time? <laughs> <laughs> what are some of like the daily decisions that like that lead us into intimacy with God? Talk yeah. about your purple highlighter. My purple highlighter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, as I said about the purple highlighter, um, just protecting that time, um, making making a commitment to yourself that that's something you're gonna strive for, but knowing that if you don't hit that goal that the Lord isn't going to bash you for it. Mm-hmm. I think we have so many times we kind of get a wrong perspective of how the Lord speaks and thinks of us because of the lies the enemy kind of puts in our heads. Um, but when we hear, you know, Lord, the Lord's voice for just who he really is and just the kind of the tone he speaks to us, he's not speaking in like, oh, you didn't meet your time today. Like, why the heck would you do that? He said, like, no, you didn't meet your time today. It's okay. Get up and do it the next day, even for five more minutes. Just seek me a little bit more intimately. Um, and when we start to hear his voice for just how he really speaks and thinks of us, you know, through the word, that's why the word is so important because the mm-hmm. word is active, living, and breathing. Once we start getting into that, um, that's how we start, you know, learning and growing closer to his voice and just how he speaks and how he thinks of us and just knowing that there's grace for when we don't meet our own goals that we set, but we do have to set those goals. Um, but knowing that if and when <laughs> we don't meet those, it's okay. Mm-hmm. What is your guys' thoughts on specifically like the practice of silence and solitude? I think it's one of the hardest things we can do in this culture. Why is that? <coughs> because we're not like what we said in the beginning, like we're not groomed to do it. Like we don't mm-hmm. know how. We've been go, go, go since, like, the day we were born. Most of us, not everyone. But, like, we, sitting in silence is so hard when we're used to multitasking and getting things done and moving from one thing to another. I feel like it doesn't feel productive, even though it can be some of the best 
time. Like it's not, it can be the best time you can spend mm-hmm. with God or even just with yourself. But like it's not viewed as productive, so we don't do it. It's mm-hmm. a really good point. Yeah, I know. I've talked to like with Greg about like silence and solitude in my life, and I've just been like, like I keep doing it, but it feels so unproductive. Mm-hmm. It's like it's not supposed to feel productive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah. It's not supposed to have some big check mark at the end mm. or some big thing that we can see, but after you continue to practice it and you look back on it someday, you're going to see how God met you mm-hmm. in those in- encounters with him and all that time that you chose to just give him even when it didn't make sense or there wasn't anything visible that came out of it in a moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm reading this book right now called Teach Us to Pray. It's by Corey Russell. He's a super, super spirit-led dude. Um, just super powerful when he talks. But he kind of, it's the most powerful two pages I've ever read in my life <laughs> in this book. And it kind of, he's kind of teaching, not necessarily teaching, but he's putting a voice to all of our thoughts when we try and strive to have that quiet time. Because so often we think, you know, this isn't productive like you guys were saying, like we don't think it's productive, but at the same time, the productivity that we find in that moment, we aren't always even going to understand mm-hmm. at the time. Um, but he does a really good job of just explaining all the thoughts, like, you know, the taskmaster in us wants us to say like, no, this isn't, this isn't productive. Like, what are you doing here? Like, why are you just sitting here for 30 minutes in silence for what? And then he kind of goes in to talk about just like, it's okay. You're going to have those thoughts. Address it. Say, no, that's that's not what I'm doing here. I'm here to seek the Lord and go for five more minutes. And just to push through all these little thoughts. And he just goes on and on listing all these thoughts that we just, if we take captive those thoughts and we say, no, that's not what God says about me. That's not what I'm doing here. Yes, I have all these other things outside of this quiet place, but I'm going to have plenty of time to do those. I can spend 30 minutes with the Lord. But if we take note of it and go just five more minutes, just five more minutes, just keep going deeper and deeper with the Lord in our quiet time, that's where the fruit is. Um, and it just reminded me when you were saying that. Yeah. I remember, like, I don't know if I've shared this on here before or not, but I remember um, like the first time that I chose to spend time in silence. Um, I was, like, talking to Jordan about it, and I was like, dude, I'm, like, scared (laughs) like Mm. I'm scared for what's going to come in this moment because I haven't sat with my thoughts ever like I've never just been like yeah I'm let me just go sit in the woods and think that sounds like a great idea you know like it it was terrifying I was like just so worried that something was gonna like come up and and I remember like Jordan really just encouraged me he was like God's not just going to, like, bring up all of this junk. <laughs> like, yeah. he's not going to shame you and bash you. That's not who he is. And, like, yeah. that goes, like, to what you're saying, Aaron, about, like, knowing, like, who God is. Mm-hmm. Like, what he thinks of us. And and I, w- I was like, okay, I'm committed. I'm going to go go sit at Pokagon. I'm just going to go out there for an undetermined amount of time. But it's going to at least be a few hours. I like what you said there. An undetermined amount of time. Hmm. Yeah. When you give God space to work, when you give him space to move, you don't know how long it's going to be. You don't know what it's going to look like, but you just show up. He's going to meet you there. Yeah. Yeah. And that's exactly what he did. Like I spent, I had no idea what I was going to do during that time. I didn't know what silence looked like. And so Mm. I, I just went out and I like walked through the woods and eventually like found some trees and put a, like put my hammock up in it. And just, like, sat next to the water. And, mm. like, I just sat there for hours. I don't remember how long it <laughs> actually ended up being <laughs> or anything. But it was so peaceful. And, like, all of, like, the hurry and busyness and worry in my life was just, like, gone for those hours. And, like, I, I remember, like, coming back um, to, like, the office. Or I was followed up with Jordan, whatever whatever that encounter then looked like, but I was like, dude, like nothing came up. <laughs> like that, there was nothing like bad or negative. And like we talked a couple weeks ago about like Enneagram types and mm. like negativity is not my thing. Like I run from it so much. And so mm. to like spend that time with God and like only feel peace was just like absolutely mind boggling. Mm-hmm. And, 
but it was just like that's what he that's what God does like he just meets us there and and just like just loves us yeah let's let's all of the things that that we've complicated our life with fall away Any other thoughts on silence or solitude? I'm really bad at it, so you guys, you guys covered it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I want, I want to restate what you said about just like, I forget what word you used, but like an undesignated amount of time, mm-hmm. just not restricting, you know, the Lord to just a time frame. Yeah. Just like 20 minute timers. Like sometimes that's all we can afford. Sometimes we can only afford like 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we can only afford five minutes. Um, and that's okay sometimes, and that's needed sometimes for just that reminder throughout our days. But I think at least, at least, I don't know how many times I try to do it. I don't have that goal yet. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> I should set one. But just to give the Lord that time, that's kind of why I started um, gathering people in the studio together sometimes to just mm-hmm. meet and sit and just sing and worship together because there's something about giving God just that little bit extra time, that little bit extra time to just let him move and just say, you know what, I'm I'm going to forget about the other stuff right now. I'm just going to sit here. Mm-hmm. I'm going to wait for you. And, you know, doing that, kind of what we've done in the studio is just turn on worship music and sing together. And, you know, he speaks to all of us individually. I don't, I don't know how he's been speaking to the other people that mm-hmm. show up to those moments, but I know he's been speaking to me in those moments. Um, so when we just show up and give him the time um, and just... open our hearts to what he's going to do and understand that it's out of our control. We can, he begins to just show us little things, little by little that Mm -hmm. we can handle on just how to, how to grow and find more fruits in our lives. Yeah. I feel like kind of on the opposite spectrum of time, it's like also so many times we try to confide it to time. Like we're always, oh, well, this is my scheduled out time to meet with God and not that that's bad but it's like let's say I put an hour in my calendar that and then I'm like I always feel like I'm forced to like wait till noon and start and then like I have to be done at one and like Mm -hmm. if I'm done in 45 minutes and I feel complete like I should feel complete to be done yeah there's no instead of trying to like scrounge out another 15 minutes and even on the other way like I put an hour in and I want to go over but I'm like oh that's my hour I can be done like I'm Mm -hmm. allowed to be finished like it's not like when Kaylee, like when you and I sit down and meet, we don't put a time frame on our meetings. Like we mm-hmm. say we're going to start at three, but then half the time we don't start at three anyway. But like, <laughs> then like we may go 30 minutes one day and feel done and we may go for like two and a half hours the next, but it's like, it's what mm-hmm. needed to happen in that meeting. That's important. And like the like content of that meeting and not the time limit that we're putting on it. Cause that's like going back to the beginning that we were talking about in the beginning. That's like scheduling things yeah. and not giving God room to move. Yeah, and I will say, like, the discipline of that is so good. Oh, yeah. Like, we we also need discipline in our lives, and we need to have specific things outlined, but we can't always just, like, confine those things, and that's really, like, what you guys are saying, but I did want to just, like, make sure that we know that yeah. discipline is good. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, oh, absolutely. But, For sure. But, yeah, it's, like, there's a a balance to those rhythms in our life of, like, like, yeah, this is the time that I'm like, God, this is yours. But also do whatever you want with the rest of my time mm. because that's also your time. Mm. <laughs> um, this is just the time that I'm choosing to be intentional to meet you. Yeah. Um, but, but meet me elsewhere. Yeah, there's an importance in that time when you grow for yourself that kind of intertwines you with God that you can bring throughout your day. Mm-hmm. So you kind of go there and get filled up for what you want to, for what he's calling you to bring into the rest of your day. And it's that encouragement that you need daily. Yeah. Jordan talked about this the other day when we met, but he was saying how, like, he's been working on or he's been doing, like, asking God to, like, come with him to things. Mm -hmm. Like, and I just think that, like, the idea of that is so cool. Like, I've never thought of it. Like, I was like, God's everywhere and he's always with us. Yeah, but, like, still when I pray, I, like, think up. Like, I think, like, I'm praying to heaven. Like, you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm logically I guess I think I'm praying up but like God can be right beside you and like he talks about like inviting God to come with you to things like okay I'm about to go to this meeting or I'm about to go to class like God come with me like be with me during this Mm -hmm. and not like a do something or like a move here but just like be with me and like Jordan just said like everything about like that moment or that task that he had to go do after inviting God with him was just so much more peaceful and joyful Mm -hmm. because he's like God's with me right now like and it's just, like, so cool to think about, like, inviting God to things. And not just, like, praying over things or praying for things. Those things are 
it's great to do that too. I'm not like saying that you shouldn't do that, but you should, but it's something different to be like, come with me, like inviting him to do something with you. It's just like something that I never thought of before. Mm-hmm. It's kind of what that makes me think of. Yeah, I really like that. That's good. Abby, you said that you're not good at silence and solitude. Yeah. Can I ask you to speak into that a little bit? Oh, of course I can. <laughs> I wasn't <laughs> expecting you not to. <laughs> um, but yeah, like what, what makes that so hard? Or what makes you feel like you're not good at that? I feel like, I know my mom's going to listen to this podcast. And I don't want to bash her <laughs> at all. Mom, I love you. Like, I love you so much. But like, I feel like she's such a busy person. Like she's, and that's great. Like, it's just who she is as a person. And that's great. But like, Growing up, like, I, I didn't, don't want to say, like, I idled my mom, but she was such, like, I wanted to be like her in mm-hmm. every way. Your mom's like, awesome. So. My mom is, like, one of the coolest <laughs> ladies ever. Like, you guys should meet her if you haven't. But, like, and I just wanted to be like her. Like, she she just always seemed so successful, so loving, like, so engaged in everything that she did. And I just wanted to be like her. But, like, through that, I, like, gained her willingness and her love for busyness. Like, my mom loves to be busy. Mm-hmm. And it's not even, like, it's a problem for her because of how much she loves it. Like, me, though, when I try to be busy, it stresses me out. And those things that I'm doing that makes me busy makes it worse. But anyway, back to the topic. I feel like because of, like, that thing that's been instilled in me is, like, I need to be busy and I need to be doing things. Like, I tend to pack my schedule so much. And I feel like it falls along the lines of, like, I don't feel productive when I'm doing that. And I'm such an extrovert just like the thought of sitting with nobody but myself and God for like hours upon hours it gives me so much anxiety like I just need people to like function I need to be doing something and like I like kind of like what you're saying like I feel like it scares me to like think of to be like still and like so many times but on top of that like I've been really really working on this semester and I've not been doing good at it but I've been working on it like being (laughs) being pouring into myself before I pour into other people like I'm a junior here and so freshman year like I got poured into so much by so many people because like I went through a lot of just like hardships in my life and so many people around me like all of my friends around me just poured into me they poured life into me they poured mm-hmm. the word into me but like hi guys but like sorry there's people out there um <laughs> but I'm uh, sorry scroll moment but <laughs> try and edit that out anyway but <laughs> But swag. <laughs> swag. Abby, that was not a swag thing to do. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Where was I? Um, what was it talking about? Being poured into freshman year. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So freshman year, like, I was getting poured into. And then, like, sophomore year, I felt like I was so on fire for the Lord and passionate, which was all good. But all of that, I was pouring. And I wasn't pouring enough mm-hmm. into myself that, like, my cup was constantly running dry. And I was constantly worn out. So this year, I've, like, been really working on having a balance of both like I have to pour into myself as in like I have to fill myself up with the love of the Lord and I have to fill myself up with the word and prayer and time for myself before I can pour it into other people and so like with that it's almost caused me to be more busy because like I want to pour into so many people like being a junior like you just you know your time is slowly running up and you just want to like find and meet as many people as you can and mm-hmm. love them all and pour into them and like that causes me to want to like have all these meetings with people and do all these things with people and do everything but then, like, I don't find myself, I don't find time for myself to pour into myself. And mm-hmm. so I feel like that's just, like, why that is such a challenge for me. Did that answer your question? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I I relate to the extroverted side of the, like, hesitancy for silence and solitude. Because, like, I just always want to be around people. Mm. And silence mm. seemed like a lonely thing. Yeah. It, it felt like it, it was just going to be this, like, lone island. And and that was, like, I think part of the reason I was so scared to step into that. Um, and, like, I've gotten, I've come to this place of, like, just loving that time, though. Mm. Because it, it doesn't feel lonely. Mm-hmm. Like, and, it, and it's, like, it's just God's presence that makes it not feel lonely. Like, if I just spent time by myself, like... I'm like, get me out of here. Yeah, (laughs) right. Where are my people at? Let's go do something. Let's even just sit together. It's like Mm -hmm. better than just spending time alone. But when I intentionally like, I'm like, God, this time is yours. It doesn't feel that way. Yeah, I feel that. I feel like, like that's been like my prayer time in the morning. I've like loved that because I have not at all felt alone. It's like filled me up for the day. Mm-hmm. I feel like something else that absolutely terrifies me. We were talking about this freshman girls group. I kind of got us off topic there, but 
Like, I'm such an out loud processor. So to think about sitting in silence and having to think with my brain and not my mouth is, like, so scary to me. Like, I need to process everything out loud. And that's not saying that I can't sit there and talk out loud, but I would kind of look like a lunatic. But, like, <laughs> but like, I mean, like, I don't know, like, the thought of that, but also, like, just because I'm an external processor doesn't it all mean that I shouldn't sometimes challenge myself to be an internal processor. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you have to, like, just sit and think. Mm-hmm. But the thought of that yeah. scares me. Like, using my brain in that way just, oh. Yeah. One of the things that I like to do um, with that because I, like, and I, it's just, like, so easy for my, like, head to get clouded up with a lot of mm-hmm. things is just having, like, a sheet of paper or my journal open. And I just, like, I draw a box in the corner. And that box is just where random things go. I'm just like, mm. oh, you need to figure out what you're going to eat for dinner later. Mm. <laughs> Like, call this person or, like, just anything that is, like, distracting in that moment. I write it down so I can go back to it. That's that is, so smart. That is, exactly, that is exactly what Corey wrote in this book. Take, really? <laughs> take, taking note of the distractions, writing them down, and putting them off to later, and refocusing yourself on God. Because when you, when you just recognize it, even the simple act of recognizing it, that's taking it captive. That's taking mm-hmm. it captive and understanding it's there and understanding it's not necessarily a bad thing, but knowing that you can do it later and you can spend time with God now. It's just recognizing that. And when you once you once you start to do that and practice that, you'll see the fruit in that and mm-hmm. what comes from that. Like we experience joy with people we love. Like we understand that when we're with them we experience joy. It's the same thing. Like Abby, when with your prayer journal it totally scared you. Like you don't (laughs) like the thought of it. Like, I don't want to sit down and write down every word, but once you do it and you try it a couple of times, you kind of find not the habit, but just the fruitfulness in that and what that feels like. And then once you maybe grind through a couple of times, grind through a couple hours, grind through two weeks of trying this thing with the Lord, you start to realize you kind of like it more. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Writing things down is so important. Like, I never, th- I never think to do that. My grandma does that when she's trying to sleep. Because she, like, she's going to bed, and then, like, so many things pop into her head, so she'll just, like, write them down on a sticky note. Like, I, yeah, I was like, why do you have this, like, sticky note and pens next to your bed? <laughs> and she, like, told me that, and I was like, that's crazy. I don't know why that, like, appalled me so much to, like, think about that, but I definitely, like, in high school I used to do that. Really? Yeah. I had, like, a sticky note next to my bed. I've like I do not remember. I can tell you said that yeah. I didn't remember that I used not, to do that. Her thoughts will just like keep her awake all night, so she just writes it down and then she's able to go to sleep. Huh, that's a good idea. Mm-hmm. I should try that again. You should I don't have yeah. a problem. I hit the pillow and I'm out. But <laughs> <laughs> I Back honestly, to Jesus. most of the time, I like can't go to sleep right away because I am like my extroverted energy mm. just carries through, and I'm like like Tuesday nights cannot go to bed. Wednesday <laughs> nights cannot go to bed i just lay in bed and i'm like ah (laughs) there's so much energy because i just left people and i'm trying to sleep right away but um i think something important in writing things down um, when we're trying to spend time with god too is not doing it on our phones Mm. but like doing it in a journal or a sheet of paper or a sticky note that can get thrown away like but like our phones are so distracting and our mm-hmm. phones complicate and hurry our lives. And so it's setting those oh, somewhere else and not yeah. letting that even be a part of it. Even if it's a productive piece of like, oh, I'm just writing down my thoughts. And it's like, dude, we all got pens and papers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so r- actually write it down. Yeah. I, I literally, it almost made me laugh and I don't want to convict anybody of it who's listening, but I saw a sermon that was titled why you should have a real Bible. Mm. And it was like, have have we totally simplified the word of God to a phone that is filled with all of these other fruitless apps and other things? Like we should we should totally dive into the real living word that's in front of us, not just through a screen. Yeah, I started bringing like my Bible with me to church because I realized like our church notes like are on you version every week and you can yeah. just like scroll through and I would literally as like Greg is preaching I would be looking to see how much longer we had I'd be oh. like oh we've got four more slides yeah and I was like dude you can't even sit here for 45 minutes and listen, listen. to somebody yeah and so I started bringing my own bible so like when he's like we're going to acts whatever I have to like sit there yeah. and find it and like follow along and if I want to take notes I have to physically take notes mm-hmm. yeah. and 
And it's like, that was such a simple transition. Like it didn't take any extra effort for me to walk in with a Bible as opposed to my phone. And it's so much more fruitful. It's just a little bit of intention, a little change in your intentions, a little, just a tiny thing to bring your attention closer and to focus just a little bit more on God. And it's also like the word of God. Like it makes me think when we were talking about like my prayer journal, like I have two different journals. I have journals that I take a note notes in like during TW or during church or whatever services, whatever podcast I'm listening to. I have that. But then I also have my prayer journal and only prayers go in there. And mm-hmm. the prayer journal seems so much more powerful because it's like my words to God. And I feel like it's the same thing when talking about like a physical Bible versus like your phone app. Like mm-hmm. your phone is your phone. Your Bible is like the word of God. Like it's nothing else like but a, the word of God. There, yeah, there's like a significance to that and like a holiness to that. Where like your phone can be a million other things and the Bible. Your Bible can't be anything but the Bible. And it makes it so much more powerful than just this app. Not at mm-hmm. all just an app. version is great, but. Yeah. Yeah. Normalize bringing your Bibles to church. Normalize it. <laughs> yeah. Bring it. And TNW. <laughs> and TNW. I can tell you where to get some cool Bible cases. Connor will call them your lunchboxes. <laughs> Carry them in. I've never, like, understood those things. I don't know if it's because I, like, it, I didn't go through, like, youth group where everybody no, probably I had them. But <laughs> I didn't get one until college. Be- but it was the biggest blessing ever because, like, now all yeah, my, my all your pens, my notebooks, everything, all I have to do is grab the bag. Instead of like yeah. carrying 10 things. Mm-hmm. This like, is like so off topic, but Lance is just like super heavy <laughs> in one day. Like Ike, or maybe it's Ike's. Somebody's is like super heavy. And they like swung it in the office. I was like, dude, if you would have let go of that, it would have broke the window. <laughs> like, uh-huh. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, that was really random. But um, something else, and this like, I feel like just piggybacks off of like intimacy with the Lord so well. Um, but let's talk about Sabbath for a while because I feel like Sabbath Crap. is another thing that can be pretty <laughs> scary. <laughs> to Crap, we to talk about this. But um, this is one, I'll be honest, this is one I haven't put a whole lot of thought into. That's okay. Like, I don't know, the whole, I guess I haven't really, I guess I haven't really heard the message or like, just the purpose or intent of Sabbath. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't grow up in that kind of, um, not that belief or that just like I didn't grow up in a church that made Sabbath a priority every week yeah. or just kind of explain that to me really well. So right. I'll be attentive. <laughs> I feel like, were you going to say something? No, go ahead. Okay. I feel like Sabbath hasn't became a real thing to me until college. And last year I really dove into it. And, like, something about Sabbath that, like, I didn't realize is it's not just spiritual. Like, yes, that's, like, the point of it. But it is not, like, physically, mentally, emotionally changed my life. Mm -hmm. Like, I did it on Sundays. And you don't have to do it on Sunday. But for my schedule, like, that's how it worked. Because I didn't have any plans on Sundays usually besides church. And I would go to church. And I would come home. And I would, like, pray. And just, but then I would just, like, do some laundry and lounge around the house. And, like, since especially as college students like our monday through saturdays are packed of mm-hmm. stuff all the time and i like needed that sunday to reset and to relax my body my mind and like i made it a priority like i love working out but like i will not let myself work out on sundays and i will not let myself do specific things on sundays and i'm not good at it every week like i don't yeah, there's grace i cannot in that too. yeah i cannot say that i sabbath every single sunday like there's not a statement i can make but when i do like the week following that is just amazing because I'm so rested and I'm ready to take on the world. Yeah. It's like, I have like read stuff about it and it's like, like it's not just stop working, but it's like stop worrying, Mm. stop, Mm -hmm. like stop just running around like crazy and just like enjoy life. Yeah. I don't even let myself do homework on Sundays. And that's late. It's late. Like yeah. nothing on Sundays. I did not have that perspective in college, but <laughs> <laughs> I did all my homework <laughs> on Sundays. My Sabbath comes know, from Kate. procrastination on Saturdays. <laughs> yeah. Um, but this quote and this like I think really like speaks into like what you're getting at, Abby, of like it's not just like sitting down and like intentionally spending twenty four hours with the Lord, but it's enjoying the things that He's like given you. Given you. Yeah. And the things that He's been like, Yeah, like God. I've wired you to enjoy 
spending time in nature. Like some people love being in nature. So he's like, go on a walk, <laughs> like mm-hmm. go do something outside, like just enjoy what I've given you here. And this quote is from um, the ruthless elimination of hurry that I was talking about. And um, it says, drink deeply from the well of ordinary life, a meal with friends, time with family, a walk in the forest, afternoon tea. Above all, slow down long enough to enjoy life with God, who offers everything that materialism promises but can never deliver on, namely contentment. It's like, man, just like enjoy life. Like we, we're, so, we're always striving for contentment. That's another thing that we like haven't even touched on. But mm-hmm. it's like, man, if we just slowed down and enjoyed ordinary life. And it's not it's easy. Like the things that you oh, have yeah. to give up. Like mm-hmm. I had babysitting gigs that like I had to force myself to not commit to on Sundays. And that mm-hmm. was so hard because so many like life groups meet on Sundays that like I wanted to like help watch their kids so they could go be yeah. at their like small group for their church. But like like I had to say no to so many things that I don't like saying no to. But in the end, like it was hard in the moment, but like in the end it was so beneficial and like so worth it. Yeah. I like I have come to love Sundays because yeah, I just same. I just enjoy things. Best day of the week. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like sometimes I play at church um, on the worship team and like that could be considered work or serving, but it's like fulfilling. It's yeah. like something that yeah. I enjoy. So like, like, yeah, that's a part of my day. And like being at church and spending time with those people is like, it's part of my Sabbath because I enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And it makes me think of that story in the New Testament. I don't know where it is off the top of my head where um, like the Pharisees get mad or whatever and are trying to like tell Jesus that like, oh, like he picked fruit or whatever mm-hmm. it was, grain or whatever, like one of the disciples did and was like, they're not Sabbathing, like that's work. And he was just like, Jesus was just kind of like, who are you to say like what their work is? Like, yeah. that's not what he said. This is Abby paraphrase. But like, <laughs> he's pretty much like, who are you to like tell somebody else what is work to them? Mm-hmm. Like each individual person, like my mom, on the other hand, she loves working out. It's how she lives. It's how she breathes. Mm-hmm. She, if she didn't work out, she would die. So therefore, <laughs> like, I'm not even kidding. So therefore, like, she loves running on Sundays. Like, that's how she relaxes. Mm-hmm. And so like some people like that's considered work to them. And that's okay. You don't have to do that on Sunday. But like, you have I mean, to also you see that, said that you diff- don't work out yeah, on Sundays. Like I don't work out on Sundays because to me that's work. Even though I enjoy it, it's not productive. It's not like fruitful for me mm-hmm. in that way on Sundays. So like every Sunday Sabbath is going to look different for each individual mm-hmm. person. And I think that's something that we don't see. Like we think it has yeah. to look a certain way. Yeah. Aaron, you said that you didn't like grow up learning about Sabbath. Yeah. I like, guess I didn't really grow up learning about just making that a priority. Like it okay. wasn't really a a priority for me to have days of the week where I just relaxed and enjoyed life. Mm-hmm. Um, as kind of Abby was talking about it, I've kind of thought, I guess for what my Sabbath kind of would look like this year is my Saturdays. Like my Saturdays consist of, you know, two of my roommates play football. The other three are also pretty br- busy, but I mean, that just leaves me alone for a while mm-hmm. during the day. Um, and it's kind of, you know, I'm a people person too. Like, I love, love, love people and just pouring into people. But, you know, in that time alone, kind of when I'm forced to just be by myself, um, just in those in those quiet places is where where the Lord really just not just not only speaks, but he just shows shows me things about me and just reveal the reveals those to me, um, in the quiet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's like, I mean, to talk more about silence, but like that's become a part of my Sabbath. Is like I've like come to love it so much that I'm like, yeah, I would want to do this on my Sabbath mm-hmm. too, but like it doesn't have to be a part of it. It's just something that I'm like, man, this is like, I get to like delight in the things of this of this world, like the good things that God has given us here. When I just like take that time to just like sit with Him. Like, yeah, like I get to do these things. I mm-hmm. get to be a part of these things. And mm-hmm. it's just like it goes back to like the whole idea of peace that we've been talking about. It's like it's peaceful to spend that time, whatever it looks like for, for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Is there like anything specific you guys want to go back and hit on or anything that we haven't touched on that you want to go through? I just feel like we overcomplexify, if that's a word. I think we make overcomplexify. Yeah, that 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 may be an Aaron word. We make. I love it. We Jordan make, definitely had a Jordan word earlier. An uncomplicating, 
complicating or something. I don't remember sure. what it was. But it, it the take two podcasts where words are born. Define your word. Oh gosh. Um, <laughs> I think we just make, <laughs> we, th- we think too much. We, we tell ourselves too much. We are our own human persona wants to tell us that we're not doing enough. And we kind of, you know, put voices in our head on our own, just that tell us we're not doing enough, but just the simple act of just looking for him. It, there's no reason to feel like you aren't doing enough. Like you're doing plenty by sacrificing five to 10 minutes and prayer on your way to class. You're doing plenty by waking up 20 minutes early. You know, it's 20 minutes, but it's enough for God to show you something before you start your day. So just as an encouragement, God, God's going to use whatever time you give him. Any time with God isn't wasted. You know, yeah. he's going to use whatever you give him. Um, and you can always do more. So, like, hurting, like, saying, like, oh, I can be doing more. I could, I should be doing more. Like, yeah, you can always do more. You're never like, going to be never up 24 gonna, hours. No, like, you're never going to be able to give God everything he, he deserves. That's why there's mercy and grace. Exactly. Like, you're mm-hmm. never going to be able to fulfill that. Yeah, and I think the thing that, like, really matters and, like, like, some people would be like, yeah, five minutes is, like, all I can give. And other people are like, I like I need to give more than an hour. Like, exactly. And, and it all depends on like the pursuit of the Lord in like our lives. And like yeah. we're all at different places in this journey. And it's like, am I full like wholeheartedly pursuing him? Exactly. If you can say yes to that, then like he's pleased with what you're doing. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. He's gonna use whatever you give him. Yeah. Um and I'm, and that like really just goes back to the kids and like reminds me of that like Kids are just so, like, they're not distracted by, like, Mm. worry and busyness and other things. Like, when they're doing something and they're, like, fully engaged in it, nothing else around them matters. Like, you could be having a whole conversation with you or, like, with them and they would have no idea. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And they're just, like, they're so fixated on it. And it's, like, that, like, whole heart pursuit that we could have for the Lord. Like, when we're fully in with him, like, the rest of the world just, like... It doesn't matter as much. Like life yeah. is simpler. Yeah. I want to be a kid again. <laughs> Another thing from the book of praying life is like I think this was chapter one. He was like, dude, we've over adulted our prayer life. Mm. He's like, just be a kid and ask for things. Yeah. Like, what kid doesn't ask their mom <laughs> four times when they want candy and they're told different? Like they're told no, <laughs> and they're yeah. just like, but mom, like. Or, like, they come back 30 seconds later and they ask again. And God's, God's, like, the same way. Like, he doesn't expect us to have it all put together. He's just, like, yeah. just come to me. Yeah. yeah. Something, Tell me it all. Something a lot like that I heard once was, like, the, your exact personality, the exact words you use, the way you speak, the way you articulate is the exact way God wants to hear you. Mm-hmm. Like, he was the one that ingrained that in you, so why not talk to him in that way? Like, you don't have to sound like somebody else. Yeah, your prayer time and your quiet time doesn't have to look like somebody else. So stop comparing yourself to mm. that person. You're you, and God is God. That's where the intimacy comes from. Mm. He wants to hear you, and he wants that time to look like whatever you feel like it should look like. It because yeah. it's just such an intimate connection between the way he's wired you and the way you talk to him. You know, because it's gonna look different, and that's okay. Someone that I feel like has that down, and I can't like say for sure that this person has that down because I've never at all talked to her about it but Karis Dice the first time she prayed she was like hey God and like just like started talking and yeah. I was like that is so cool like she's just having a conversation with him like we all need to like attack prayer in like that manner of just mm-hmm. like a conversation with God it doesn't need to be complicated it doesn't need to be long it doesn't need to be giant vocabulary because if it did I'd be screwed like (laughs) it doesn't need to look like that and like she prays like that all the time and I think it's so cool Mm -hmm. and I think that's another thing you don't have to bash yourself when when it doesn't look like somebody else's Mm -hmm. you can lean into what you can lean into those verses that say when you pray God listens you know Jeremiah 29 13 I think it is just the Lord hears us when we pray you know whatever it sounds like whatever it looks like if it's silence the Lord hears you Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's like, and I think comparison just adds so much to our complicated lives. Like, we worry about what other people are doing or what they think of what we're doing. And it just like, and we get so caught up in that. And it's like, man, 
it's like cool to note what other people did. Like, I mean, you just yeah. mentioned Karis. I'm like, yeah, I love that. I love that I get to see mm-hmm. how she connects with the Lord. But it's like, I can't expect my life to look like hers. No. Mm-hmm. And we so often are like, man, if my prayer time doesn't look the mm-hmm. same as this person's, it's not good. Mm-hmm. Or if my uh, silence looks different than this person's, it can't be good. And it's like, no, like, just like you said, like, God just wants to hear from you. He doesn't want to hear from a filtered version of you. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like being fake with God. That's yeah. like, <laughs> yeah, runs into like our lukewarm Christianity that we were talking about earlier. I don't know if I should say this or not, but I listen. I I listen (laughs) to I listen to a podcast from Upper Room called the Handlebar Podcast, and I think her name's Alyssa. She's just a super powerful singer. But anyways, she was talking (laughs) about like just about when you're frustrated and when you're hurt and when you don't understand to just completely and fully address it with God Mm. and just being Mm. raw and authentic. And she literally said like, if that means cussing in your prayers then that's what it means. And it just blew my mind. Like, I've never thought about that. Yeah. Like, I've never thought about what that looks like. Like, when you're angry. Like, God, I'm mad at you. This did not happen the way I wanted. Would you just show me, like, what's going to come from this? Because I don't know. Mm-hmm. And it's okay to just address everything that crosses your mind and all the areas you've been let down. It's okay to address it with him because he can't heal what you hide. If you try to hide it from God that's not authentic and that's not real. Mm. That's not the communication part of a relationship. But if you start to address it and just ask for help Mm -hmm. with your whole heart, he's going to be able to address it. I feel like that's so true. My freshman year, I kind of mentioned how I like went through a train wreck of a life, but I like remember I was like at this point where I was just like sitting, Kaylee, you might remember this because you were there. I was like sitting (laughs) on the studio and like we were like all kind of worshiping. There's just a couple of us together and I just like couldn't. I couldn't worship like I just couldn't do it mm. and I remember like they all just like stopped and Kaylee like sat down and she was like what's up and I was like I don't want to worship God right now because I'm mad at him like I'm so mad that he did this to me and I remember like in like like that's just like one example of moments but I remember like praying through that and like I did like I like screamed at God in my car like like screamed like why like why do you why is my life look like this right now and just like crying and like mad and like so upset i didn't like cuss at him that's kind of crazy it it blew my mind too don't worry (laughs) but like i remember like and in those moments like i didn't feel god mad at me like eventually like i calmed down and he Mm. was like he if anything like he loved me more like he was Mm. like child like i know you're mad like but I love you, and, like, it's gonna be okay. Like, I just felt that from him, and, like, I felt his, he was almost, like, like, not that I can tell you what God was feeling, but what I felt from God was, like, he was glad I was sharing my emotions with Mm -hmm. him. Like, it felt good to get it out and to be honest with him and not to just be, like, well, like, I know you work all things for good, so, like, please help this situation. Amen. Like, I was real. I was, like, I'm mad. Like, why is this happening? And, like, but it turned, like, he showed me so much through that real raw emotion. Yeah. And, is it fair to say that it took a lot of time too? Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's not gonna. Happen it wasn't like just that. like this instant, yeah. like oh, okay, you're healed now. Like no, I screamed at him several times throughout the course of months. But I mean, look at the Book of Psalms. <laughs> yeah, or, like the Book of Lamentations. Like mm-hmm. look at all of these moments in Scripture where people were just like, God, why would you do this? Like, why have you not shown up? Why haven't I seen you? And they just question him, and they just mm. tell him it all. And then I, I mean, we're just like to us it's like oh we're just reading this and it's like i mean i pictured like david at times just screaming Mm. and it's just like what the heck Mm -hmm. and and god always answers Mm -hmm. and he always brings peace and he always just meets him in that Mm -hmm. but like they had to come to him they had to show him and (laughs) they're like like real likeness (laughs) he like always loves first in that like Mm -hmm. even he's not gonna fix your situation to how you want it because that's not what's best for you but he's always gonna love you first so just just so like so thankful for that. Yeah, God's just gonna meet us where yeah. where we are. Mm-hmm. All right. Any last thoughts? I think that's a really good mic drop there. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, thank you guys for being here. Before we leave. Oh, never oh, mind. There's Aaron's more got something. I'm gonna do something off topic. Can I pray for all of us yeah, before we did. leave? Let's do it. Okay. Dear God, thanks for just this time together to just sit with you. Um, God, thanks for just giving us the ability to just sit here and talk about you and just your fullness. God, I pray for everybody, um, including us, that 
we would just hear your voice for how you really think about us. Um, God, I pray that you would just break through in our minds and in our hearts and we would just understand um, just that you want to hear us right where we are um, and that we would just know that when we do that, when we pray to you, you listen. When we seek, we find um, and that you'll just show up in every moment and situation that we make ourselves available. Um, God, I pray that you would fill us all with a fresh hunger for you and that we would just go after you. Um, thanks for this time. This was really fun. Um, just the ability to sit here and talk about you. We love you. It's in your name we pray, amen. amen. All right. Thank thanks, you. Kaylee. That was great. This was fun. <laughs> this yeah. is great. This is awesome. So if you need any information on the Take Two podcast, you know where to find it at this point. Um, social media, um, Instagram, Facebook, the app, everywhere. Um, we, we love you guys, and we'll catch you next week. Peace.